Victor, welcome to episode eight of the Angie Monroe podcast. And I have the lovely Natasha here. Where have you driven from, Natasha? So I've come from Milton Keynes. Wow. So a little bit of a journey for you, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it took us about two hours to get here. So not too bad, but so yeah. So basically, uh, Natasha's other half, Kev, has been on Russ's podcast. So you'll be able to catch his podcast of them together then. Now, we're here doing ours. So just before we get into it, I like to peel back like an onion. Okay. Um, so I just want to just thank our sponsors for a second, the Female Boss Awards for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, you can find the Female Boss Awards on Instagram, Facebook under the Female Boss Awards. If you're in the hair, beauty, aesthetics, business industry, you're a woman, get yourself looked up into that because they've got an event on the 15th of September. Right, Natasha. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Perfect. So I'm Tasha. Um, so I am an aesthetics practitioner mm -hmm. in Milton Keynes. So I have my own salon. My salon is called Tingles Beauty and Aesthetics. Um, I have been in the industry for God nearly four years now. Um, and I also run a training academy. Wow. Yeah. So I'm a mother of two. Um, partner for what feels like forever yeah she's done a whole life sentence with her partner haven't yes you? i have nine well 20 years this year wow i know wow what is the success to that sort of relationship out of interest because there's going to be people thinking 20 years is a long time what 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 is the best advice you could give to someone that is looking for long term do you know i love that when i think about it honestly we're best friends and we truly are. So we travel together. We go out together. We still live our separate lives. Obviously we've got our friends and everything else. We are best friends. Mm. We don't take anything too serious. We're so supportive. We don't judge one another. Mm -hmm. We're still each our own individual, but we match so well. Oh. I think with us, we've grown together because we've been children together to adults and it's just lovely. It's nice. You've, you've been together since you were like 15, right? Yeah. yeah so, so long. You've had very much various different versions of each other. Honestly, everything. It's quite endearing to see, I think, because you see a lot of people that grow apart. And 100%. you guys would have evolved together in it, different ways, but still balancing out so that's really really nice yeah that it's true mm -hmm. and that's so true but then also that's a challenge mm -hmm. so in some relationships you learn your lessons mm -hmm. don't you yeah, you do so I was 15 Kev was like 17 so you think 15 year old me to nearly 35 year old me mm -hmm. I'm so different mm -hmm. and I didn't get to learn my mistakes and take that to a new relationship I had to learn that in my relationship and still make a relationship work so it has its own challenges. And I think if it's meant to be, it will always be. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to, to kind of get th this far in this day and age, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It oh, really yeah, is. No. It really is. Definitely. So let's, let's take it back a step. Your 12-year-old girl, who was you? Oh, God, who was I? Oh, I was a little shit. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie I was a shitbag why was you a shitbag I just was I was just into everything I probably shouldn't be into I was mischievous I was the you know I couldn't concentrate at school I did I mean I I did well I was very clever um 
I just like to be naughty. I like to be out with my friends. I had loads more boy mates than girls. I was the same. Yeah, mm. I just didn't. I out having fun. I had so many boy mates going out on my BMX. Like not. Caring. I had a BMX like, too. What, what color was your BMX? Green. I had a oh, green mongoose. It was like a bogey green. <laughs> I had a red one with uh, Did you? electric blue um, brakes. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, you're bougie. Well, of course, you had a red one. I love that. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so you were you were naughty. Yeah, I was naughty. Um, looking back, like having that experience of growing up more around boys, how do you think that that's shaped you as an adult? It's so weird because I'm such a girl's girl. Mm -hmm. Like I am a girl's girl down to the core. But I think being around all the boys, I didn't take anything too serious. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't care what I looked like. I would literally throw my tracksuit bottoms and go and have fun and mm -hmm. I feel like you just learn a different banter in life yeah and it was less bitchy so I didn't have to deal with that bitchiness that's of the bit I loved about I it I loved it mm. like and it was just fun it was you easy wasn't it yeah so easy and I think girls now have it so different and I feel so sorry for them because mm. it can be a really hard place to grow up now and I'm so pleased that I didn't have that mm. and I wouldn't change anything I can imagine yeah so growing up, what was it like? What was your family life like? So my mum, my dad were together. We had a lovely, I've got a brother as well. Mm -hmm. We all grew up really, really lovely, um, lovely family. But then unfortunately, when I got to about 15, my mum and dad separated. That must have been quite hard. It's such an impactful age. Yeah, it was so hard. And also it was my mum that left. Oh. So then it was me with my dad. And then I was actually with Kev then. So he's been through the whole journey with us. Yeah. My brother went off the rails massively. It just, everything just crumbled. Mm. We went from like, you know, that perfect kind of 2. family. 2.4 family. Yeah, yeah, we lived in a big, beautiful mm -hmm. house and everything was so lovely. We had like, our house was the house that people would come and have parties mm. at. Like, it was a sociable house. Yeah. It was a loving house. It was perfect. And then, yeah, it just all crumbled. Why and did just, she leave? Mm. <laughs> she actually left him for his best friend mm. yeah and they were together for like 20 odd years wow. so this is someone that would have been around you right mm -hmm. how did that yeah, make you feel it was horrible it was absolutely horrible because you're My... 15 mm. anger and her leaving so mm -hmm. I didn't live here we live like near Ascot mm -hmm. um and my mum moved to Milton Keynes right and hence that's why I ended up there later um yeah it's just so weird I find it so weird because mm -hmm. it's like the mum leaving yeah. like I was going it's through my GCSEs thing, is it? yeah and I was just at the point of doing my GCSEs and I still remember it vividly and I just think god my son is at that stage mm. like I wouldn't have done it and then my daughter was at the age my brother was because we're almost mm -hmm. we've done it the same like two years or whatever apart and I think like, oh my god that's like me leaving my kids like, wow. I just wouldn't like no man could mean anything do you know what I mean how did that impact your relationship with your mum? Negative, massively. Mm. Like, it hugely impacted everything. I, I'm really close with my dad, mm. um, but he went off the rails a bit. Um, but it was just weird. Everything just changed from mm. then, and then I fell pregnant really young. So a lot of things happened mm. quite quickly and massively. early on in your yeah. life. Do you kind of look back at that situation and understand that any of what your parents went through now as an adult 
and how they behave. Like you mentioned your dad went off the rails. Mm. Can you understand as an adult now? Oh, yeah. yeah. I even understood Why? when I was younger. Interesting. When he did, I understood. I think imagine having that whole thing taken from beneath you. Mm. That you just, you can't imagine it, nor mm. would I want to. But that makes me fight for my relationship more mm. because I'm so great. And obviously, I know not all relationships stay together. I know that. Mm. But I'm so grateful I've got that. Mm. And I really cherish my family. And I love everything about all four of us together. Yeah. Like, it means the world to me. And watching my kids grow up now, like, where we'll do holidays with my dad or with my mum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think how sad they can't experience that together, together with us because yeah. they don't get on like oh, at all like okay. they, they never they've never been around one another after that oh wow so it's kind of massively hit, hit deep mm, huge it's had a huge impact like negatively mm. and it's hard it's got its own challenges but I mean the kids don't know any different obviously because mm. they wasn't born when it happened so they don't know the other side but to us even to Kev he's like god it would have been so nice them together still mm. but things happen and it, it happens right? I guess sometimes things can't be undone and unless both parties are willing to mm. put it aside it's just always going to stay yeah the same and it's probably I suppose in a way a good thing that it is as it is because then your kids don't see that yeah dynamic 100%. in the bad like do you know what I mean in the bad way so yeah you know it, it it's it's funny how things just work mm. and how they happen and where they head so okay so family breakdown yeah then we get pregnant i know okay how oh, was oh. that news because obviously it's it's a young you're kind I of like so young. yeah so kev was a bit of a bad boy everyone told me we shouldn't be together mm-hmm. no one liked us in a relationship together ever and didn't you just prove them wrong oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're still standing here guys <laughs> honestly when i look back the amount of people that no one wanted us together like we were just from two different worlds Mm. everything was so different so when it come together people never understood that Mm. um when I found out I was pregnant I'm so grateful now Mm. um but when I found out I remember doing a test and I was like oh my fucking god like Mm. I'm fucking pregnant and I literally remember sitting there and like my whole life flashed before my eyes I can I can imagine I was just like what the hell and one thing I really regret now I got my mum to tell my dad. Um, and now I'm older. You wish you told like, him. You are so. Mm. And we were so close. Like he raised me after. Mm. And we're so close. But one thing he said to Kevin when he first met him, he was like, Don't you ever fucking get my daughter pregnant? <laughs> and he set that from the tone like straight away, because I wanted to go to London Fashion College. We had everything set up for my future. But obviously when mum left, it just went down and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I continued with the pregnancy. And yeah, it was hard. It was very hard. Like yeah. we didn't have a pot to piss in. I was in a mother and baby unit for a while. Not no one really knows actually. Yeah. Why um, was you in the mother and baby unit? Um, I couldn't live with Kev. Right. Okay. Um, it wouldn't have been right to stay with my dad at that point because yeah. he's he's a very 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 good dad and. I owe a lot to him of who and how my success is there. But it was kind of like, come on, Tash, you chose this life. You've got to go and get it, girl. Yeah, you've got if to that's learn. what you want to do and you want to be a parent, you need to fucking parent. You need to step um, up to the mark. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good lesson to learn. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, if he handed everything to me, which he easily could have, yeah. I, I wouldn't 
I don't know. I mean, I would because I want, I'm that person that goes and gets what I want, but mm-hmm. it could have been a different story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended up in a mother and baby unit. Then, how long was you there? God, how long was I there for? I think maybe about nine, 12 months. It was horrible. Kev, Kev wasn't allowed to stay with me. Is that because of the age difference? Just boys aren't no. allowed in well, there. Oh, okay, they're not allowed. Women, mother and baby. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, and then we got housed. Mm-hmm. And then we left everything and moved to Milton Keynes about 12 to 14 months after that. Mm-hmm. Because my mum lived in Milton Keynes. My dad had bought a house in Weymouth. So he was in Weymouth all the time. And then I was seeing my mum quite a lot of the time. And we was like, do you know what? What are we doing here? Kev, like I say, was a bit of a bad boy. And we got faced with a situation where it was like, get up and leave, or he could look at prison time oh, because wow. he was a bad boy. Um, he And life was just very, very different. Mm. And then we found a house that we liked in Milton Keynes, and we literally moved so quickly, and we mm. rented a house there. And then we stayed in Milton Keynes from that, and it just our life changed. That's when he got into painting and decorating. Okay. My mum's partner was a painter and decorator, so he taught him everything he knew. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And then we d- we shifted our whole life and moved mm-hmm. to Milton Keynes. And looking back, I'm like, that is the best thing we ever done. Hmm. And then had my son. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were, your children were two years apart. Yeah, they're two years apart. How was life like at that point? Like you're now kind of, you've just got used to being a mum and mm. now you're going to be a mum and dad again. It was so lovely. Oh. The best thing. Them two were so good. Like Chanel's always been very advanced. She was like the best big sister. Lem was a little dream as a baby. It was like, it was just so perfect. Mm. And it just all come together. You know, and you're like, the family is complete. And mm. I know we were so young, but it just felt so right. And I think you can see that. I mean, from talking to you before we've kind of gone gotten on, on camera, mm. um, you can actually see that. You can see without seeing you all together that, that, mm. that you've got that unit and it's, it just works and it's just right. Yeah. So what was you doing? Obviously, you were a mum. Yeah. Were you working? What's your sort of like history? Oh, I've always work? worked. Always worked. So, so where did it start? So when Chanel was... so. When it first started, God, I worked at Carphone Warehouse for years. Did you? Oh my God, I was a Carphone oh. Warehouse girl for years. We had the best time. I loved that job. I loved that place. Oh. I used to have like eight contracts at one point. I was obsessed. Shut up. No, you didn't. What? had problems. You know, like some people are alcoholics or addicted to drugs You're or smoking. Oh, I was a phone-holic. Trust me. Technology. <laughs> I'm not like that now. I have two. I have two. two. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely didn't have that. Um, oh, I love that job. So I worked there. Then when we moved to Milton Keynes, I even worked in a car phone warehouse in Milton Keynes. And then I done a hairship apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So become a hairdresser. Uh-huh. Um, and then I done hairdressing for ages. And then I become self-employed and worked in a salon, like but just specialising in extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be really honest, I had enough of it. Mm-hmm. I just hated the same conversation all the time. The it's physically whole... demanding as well, isn't it? Yeah, I just didn't enjoy yeah. it. I felt like I wasn't challenged. Mm-hmm. Like it was very repetitive. It was always the same thing and I needed to get away from it. I was working stupid, stupid hours. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I need a change. So I then opted to go, or well, I said, I was like, I want to get an office job. 
So I went into recruitment. Okay. I done recruitment. This is so from... funny because you mentioned in certain things. Um, I worked for phones for you, business to business. Did and you? I also did recruitment. Shut so up. It's anyway. quite similar. Oh, how yeah. long did you do recruitment for? Two years. Oh, God, I saved it for eight. Eight. Jesus. What sort of recruitment did you do? I was in what finance. Okay. And then I done HR and business support, okay. which I loved. Okay. I loved the people. Yeah. And I loved that side. But I didn't love the job. Yeah. It's I too get much. Yeah. I don't like lot. sales. It's not my thing. It's hard. Even though I've done a lot of it. Yeah. I was the same. I did yeah. exactly the same. But it's it's hard. Mm. That new business hunting yeah. is hard. And starting every month all over and doing all of that. And you, you're making all that money for another company in the stress, the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say, yeah. Oh, it's so much, isn't it? Restart back to proving your worth again for yeah. that month. Oh, yeah. my God, 100%. And then I always wanted to get into aesthetics, always, always. I love permanent makeup as well. Permanent okay. makeup was probably my passion before. Okay. Um, and then the minute I knew you could do aesthetics without being a medic, I jumped for it. The penny dropped. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this. It was always very shady. No one knew. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that really came out sort of within lockdown period yeah. where actually it became more accessible and it, people were doing it and then more people knew yeah. that you could do it without being a um uh, a medic in effect yeah. so you enter aesthetics how was that oh I loved it so you're going from you know permanent makeup to aesthetics I didn't do permanent makeup oh, you first. Didn't, I right. wanted to I okay like my passion was more drawn there but then I done the aesthetics first okay and then I went to permanent makeup about a year and a half after okay but yeah no I loved it the minute I done it. I, you know when you're like, I just knew. But before I yeah. done it, I just knew. And yeah. I, I remember I kept saying to Kev, I was like, Kev, I really want to do this. I was the same. And I just said to him, I was like, I know I'm going to be good. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know I'm going to do it. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. ever doubt myself, like, mm -hmm. ever. And I thought, it's made for me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a success. It's like, I wouldn't let anything sacrifice that. It was yeah. so weird. No, I get you completely. I was mm. the same. The mo moment I put that first... I offered myself up as being the first person I just I could not Did wait you, oh I yeah, love that get mm. it in get it in the lip and I just knew yeah you, and I feel and I get that you just know okay so how long have you been in aesthetics now so four years this year four years mm -hmm. and you've recently taken on a premises I have tell us about that tell us how that came about and so I absolutely love it and I'm so pleased we can touch on this because it's such a special place so I was in a salon called Blush Salon in Newport mm -hmm. Pagnall, Milton Keynes, beautiful salon. And I was in the top floor and the middle floor there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know why, and I didn't realize I was on there, but I suddenly was going through Facebook and a shop come up for lease. And I thought, okay, this looks lovely. It was in Newport Pagnall where I already mm -hmm. am. And then I sent it to my partner and I was like, oh my God, Kev, look at this. And he was like, Tash, I absolutely love it. And I was like, I need to go and see this. And he was like, 100%, we need to go and see it. And the minute we went in there, we just fell in love. Oh. I wasn't ready. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't. I mean, this was like my five-year plan. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, I brought my five-year plan, like, to now. And it felt so surreal. But everything just clicked. There's and... no time like the present. Oh, 100%. And I think sometimes we have these visions of these plans. And mm. sometimes there's a plot twist. And when the plot twist happens, you've, you've just got to go. Yeah. When you know and it feels right and it sounds like for you, it was like oh, that yeah. right move. Even now, like 
I'm a very grateful person for the good things in my life and everything else. And I try to always remind myself mm -hmm. to be grateful. But even when I go in now and I go in in the morning, I turn the lights on and I feel that emotion. And I say to myself, I'm like, I'm so grateful. Okay. And I'm so grateful for Kev for like making it so amazing. And I'm always like, I'm just so grateful. It's so handy, guys, to have painted decorator. Oh, oh it is. <laughs> and the good thing is, I don't know about you, but uh -huh. in the house, there's so much Kev hasn't finished. Oh, don't get me started. Honestly. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Sh I, can't, I can't even the amount of times mm -hmm. the dog has shaked its butt oh. and splashed the wall. And I'm like. I hear you. Why is he? Why is he not doing it? Can you just sort why? that? Why are they not doing it? Yeah, like I don't get it. It's like everybody else gets mm -hmm. done, even like our salons, the pod, whatever. I gets know. Done and this the is the thing: the salon he has done amazing. Mm -hmm. The house, but I feel like now I'm not even going to moan. I've got the salon. <laughs> I sit in the whole time and I'm like, I could live here. Yeah. Like it's so lovely. I'm oh. very, very grateful. Very grateful. But it must have been quite daunting for you. So you go from like renting space in someone mm -hmm. else's place, and then all of a sudden you're responsible for everything. I know. What was that thought process like for you? So I was actually having this conversation with one of the girls the other day. And it's really weird. Like Kev isn't my business partner. Mm -hmm. My business is mine. I do everything on my own. I never feel alone because I've got Kev. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird. I feel like I've got a business partner. So yeah. everything I decide to do, and obviously I pay for everything and I cover everything. It's my business. Mm -hmm. But I always feel like I've got that weird support. And with us two, whatever we do, we've, mm -hmm. we've always got one another. So mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't even have a fear. I know that sounds mm -hmm. weird. because so I was like, no, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And I believe it will be okay. Like I trust that it's always going to be okay. So that's I a didn't lovely way of let looking it dampen at it. anything. Cause I always make everything work. I wouldn't not. Mm -hmm. So I would do whatever I need to do to make it be okay. Mm -hmm. And I try not to let anything like that come into my head. I think that's important because mindset is massive. Oh yeah. And a lot of times, like I will hear people speak about, um, oh, I'm just not busy. I'm just, oh, I'm just, it's, and it's, it's, look, you have to take control. You have to take responsibility. And it sounds like you 100% took responsibility for your thought process, how you behave and how you act and where you're going to be. And I think if anything, and people should inspire to be like you because otherwise you know by limiting your beliefs yeah you know and they, you do it yourself the self-limiting beliefs self-sabotaging <laughs> yeah it's so bad like yeah. it's so bad isn't it and I always think I hear it all the time it's like with my students that have trained with me and I tell them all the time I'm like believe in yourself mm -hmm. be the main character of your show mm -hmm. because if you can't clap yourself Honey, no one else will. No. Like, you need to believe in yourself. And I think the minute we start doubting, things do start falling down. Yeah, they do. And we know that. They do. Because you do get what you put out there. And I am a strong believer in all of that and manifestation, what you put out to the universe. And I do think that if you do put all that negativity out there, unfortunately, it can come back. So yeah, it does. Block it. When you feel it, it's okay. Give it a second. Let it go and yeah. let it go again. And that's really important because it's hard enough as it is. And I think that particularly in the industry that we're in, women don't always want to see other women succeed. Mm. They'll be more, they'll be quicker to jump on the negative 
bandwagon than someone's success story. And like from speaking to you earlier, uh, you've kind of got this nice support network and I think that's yeah. important. How have you gone about that? Because there's going to be people that are listening thinking, oh, you know, aesthetics is so bitchy. It's this, it's that. What advice would you give to those people listening, like how to kind of create that circle of people in, in this industry? Okay. I am a strong believer and I say this all the time. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm -hmm. I don't go out bitching about other people. I don't follow local people in my industry. If I'm friends with them or if we've had that relationship mm. or whatever, of course I will and I'm there to support. Block it out. You don't need to see what every single person in the world is doing if they're in the same industry. But you know right from wrong. If you know, if you get a good vibe from someone, they're probably your kind of person. Mm. And it's all about supporting people. So I've been to many things with the groups of girls in the industry. So like the beauty awards, yes. we've done that. Then I went to Jody's um, Global Networking. You did, yeah. That looked like Barcelona. it was so much fun. That was so good. 70 women. Wow. Everyone got along. Incredible. We've, I've made some friends for life from that that I feel like I've known forever. Oh, I love that. And I love them. Went to a networking event on Sunday. And there's just so many things that we all do that I just think if you attract yourself around the right people, you will be okay. But if you're going to get stuck in negativity you're going to only attract that. I think that's important, isn't it? Because I think that can go for every area of your life. 100%. If you've got negative friends around you, you've got negative partner, husband, boyfriend, family. whatever, family. Anything. Yeah. We don't have to have it. Mm. You can choose your life. If you want to have that in your life, you know what it's going to bring. Mm -hmm. And we all have, everyone in their life has had that emotional vampire that drains you. Mm -hmm. And I just, I choose not to have it. We're too old for that now. I'm yeah. a kid. I've got no time. I've hardly got time for the people that I want to spend time with, let alone people that bring negativity. And I just block it out. Yeah, you, I think it's important, isn't it? I think it's about focusing on yourself and not zooming in too much on other people. Because if you zoom in on other people, you just get distracted. Yeah, for and sure. And as you say, we're too busy and too tired. So yeah, we've got care. no time as it is. Like, you can't do that. So you've got your academy. Yeah. What are you teaching? So if anyone's listening, they, you know, thinking about training in Milton Keynes, looking you up, what do you do in terms of training? So training, so I do masterclasses. So mm -hmm. I do advanced dermal filler, advanced Botox. I do lip masterclasses. I do from beginners, which mm -hmm. I've recently launched only this year. Mm -hmm. um, I do lemon bottle training as well. Amazing. And I do complications training. And I also do a confidence booster masterclass, which I love. That's oh. probably my favorite. I bet that's nice, kind of getting someone in that... Um, has potential but the the fear is stopping them yep. for whatever reason that might be and then having to then get them and then changing that must be such an it. achievement for you it's so rewarding because these mm -hmm. people have they've spent the money they've invested and they've come away and they're like I'm not comfortable enough doing what I should mm -hmm. be doing and it's about giving them the confidence but support yeah. I, I really care about the aftercare and I think we can all go and learn we can do our training you need to be there for people afterwards. That's I think the that's biggest key. thing, honestly. Because it's scary mm -hmm. and it's lonely. And my biggest thing is I want people to feel that they've got a group of people around them that are there for them, that can support them. And it's about cheering someone on. Mm -hmm. Like when they're training, like I buzz for them. You know, when you see they do good and I'm like, yes, <laughs> you've done it. Like, like I that's just the one. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm like, they've done it. I just mm. love, love, love that feeling. I love seeing people succeed. Mm. I'm a people person. I love helping yeah, you can, people. You, you can tell that about you. And I think that if there were more people out there like you, the world would be such oh, a better place. It really would. <laughs> so lovely. Thank <laughs> it you. It really would because I think it's it's rare. It's rare to come across people that genuinely want to see other people succeed. And it's amazing though, because if we all stuck together, it would be like Oh, and it's so nice. Power. And it is power. so nice. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's so lovely. And I think these there's certain practitioners out there that are doing things mm -hmm. to bring people together to be like, yeah. look, it doesn't need to be bitchy. It doesn't need to be like that. Bitchiness comes from a jealous place. Yes. It doesn't come from anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think block it out and move away from it. If mm -hmm. you get that vibe, move it away. Yeah. Because you can't surround yourself with that. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. It really yeah. is. Okay. So we know exactly what you do for training. So if anyone is interested and in, in the Milton Keynes area and you want to get trained in aesthetics or you're a practitioner, look up uh, Natasha. What's your Instagram handle, by the way, just so people know? Uh, tingles underscore aesthetics. Okay. So I will link that at the end as well. So there'll be a direct link into her Instagram. Thank you. Um, so I guess moving forwards, moving forwards, but backwards, mm -hmm. how did you and Kev meet? Oh, okay. how did that come about? So where we used to live, everyone knows everyone. We were young. Um, I was actually in his brother's year at school. Um, but everyone knew everyone there. Mm -hmm. um, we was out on a night out and I was underage drinking. <laughs> Standard practice. <laughs> I was actually in a pub mm -hmm. and I think he dropped me home that night. I'm sure he dropped me home the evening and then we had a little kiss and then we were together ever since. No, we was we were seeing one another for a while. Funny story. Okay. Um, Kev was quite smitten um i'll be honest he'll probably say different but he was and i remember he was in his bedroom was going out one night and i turned around to him and i was like but babe i was like i just don't think i can do this anymore and he was like what and he started crying oh i was I like him. no she's trying to be your girlfriend hardly any time at all and then after about a month i think we was official together and yeah we've been together ever since wow there's really not a cool story behind it mm. we were just young hang around like the same places mm. was in a pub one night had a few drinks and he dropped me home <laughs> and it was literally just that it's amazing isn't it how like things work yeah and how they sort of timed and had you not done certain things at certain times mm. things would never have been do you believe would you say you believe in faith Oh my God, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, like without a doubt. I, me now is so different to obviously the girl that Kev met. Mm. Like now I'm very business strong. I'm all about like progression and what's my next thing I'm doing. I'm never just sat still. I'm so lucky I had mm -hmm. children young because I probably would never have been a mum mm -hmm. because I would never have found the right time. It would never be the right time for me mm -hmm. because I would be like, no, because we need to do this and we need to do that, that I would have thought, I can't take that time out to be a mum. And also, I'm so pleased that we did everything we did the way we done it, no matter how hard it was. And my God, it was so hard sometimes mm -hmm. because I get to be where I am today, but it has been so difficult. I, I maybe would never have like had what I do now without how, that how do you manage that how do you manage being a mum being a businesswoman and being yeah. you know an, well, you may as well be a wife I know yeah. I know right <laughs> um I'm so lucky because my kids are so good mm. and 
honestly, they are such a dream. Like anyone that meets them will, everyone says the same. And I think because they are bigger now, mm -hmm. like they just always suit what we do. So we could be doing anything in life and they just go with our plans. Like mm. they always have done, like we all just fit together well, mm. that nothing's complicated. Like it's hard, it's so hard. But me and Kev, if I'm at 20, he'll be at 80. And we, mm -hmm. we've always been like that. So anything in life, there's been times where he's been really, really low and I've had to be really, really high. Or mm. if I'm busy doing something with the business, he's like, Tash, I've got it. Like mm -hmm. I'll sort this side of it. Mm -hmm. It's with Kev, like we are... I hate to always say it, but we are a really good team yeah. and I get to be who I am because of him and he gets to be who he is because of me. But the kids are, they're fab. They're and really good. The kids are a cocktail of you too. Oh, they are. Both and they're are. so good. Like they're, they're really great. Okay. So you've had, you've had a bit of a traumatic time in the past, haven't you? And yes. um, I think now's the perfect time to just bring that up. Yeah. Um, Kev was in an unfortunate situation. Do you want to tell the story on what happened? Yeah. Um, gosh, so it'll be nearly four years ago now. Um, and he, I won't go into it too much. Mm -hmm. um, he was unfortunate. Oh, I don't know. It's all right. um, I don't know what to talk about this. He was attacked and stabbed eight times by wow. three men. Um, doesn't know who the men were, was nothing to do with him. Um, completely just really fucking shit time. Um, this is so weird. So me and Kev don't Snapchat one another. And I got the phone call, which wasn't a phone call. It was a Snapchat. And it was a Snapchat video from him. And he was like, Tash, Tash, I've been stabbed. I've been stabbed. And it was a video of him, which is so weird. Wow. He, we don't Snapchat one another. Mm -hmm. It's just not what we do and there was blood everywhere and I remember seeing this blood and it looked like it was pulsating from his neck here and it wasn't because he hadn't been stabbed there mm. and it was so horrible and we've all got like find my iPhone like me Kevin the kids yeah. and I remember seeing on find my iPhone this wasn't where we was we'd literally been to his nan's funeral that day so it was back where we used to live so it wasn't in Milton Keynes um, went on find my iPhone and I saw where he was and I literally went straight to the scene but where he was my friends lived like in the apartment bit where it was and I was getting my phone was going crazy what was going through your head at that point I can't even imagine how you must oh, have felt I didn't know it was so weird like it was it's so hard to explain because you don't know like it's just fear like I know it sounds so weird but darkness mm. and like oh my fucking god like the kids are at home I we was here was due to be heading back home we're like two hours away from where we live I was just rushed straight to where he was and then I um got there and I remember when I got there he was laid out on the floor obviously with the police and ambulance and everything around him Oh, it was horrible. And he just went weak the minute he saw me. And he was telling everyone to look after me and the kids. Oh, my God. And obviously we know, yeah. again, touch. I'm very fortunate that I've got him with me today because I, I know this isn't the same story for other people. And no. I know that. And I'm very grateful I've got him. It was the worst thing. And this was in the midst of COVID. Oh, my God. 
That's um, awful. You know, when you weren't allowed to drive from another yeah. town to another town, we was only there because it was a funeral. There was only 10 people that were allowed at the funeral. Yeah. And it was just the worst thing ever. And then I was following the ambulance to John Radcliffe, got into the hospital. And obviously, I you're not allowed to see anyone. It was COVID. And it was just, again, by luck that I was in the reception kind mm. of waiting area. That Literally, it was ghost town. It was so weird. And they wheeled this bed through, and it was Kev. And I just screamed, Kev. I screamed him, and then he, like, put his arm out to me. And then the doctor come over that was with him, the ambulance people, sorry. And they said that he had to go straight in for surgery. Oh, my God. Um, they didn't know. Obviously, they don't know. You don't know what's going on because you haven't got a clue. Um, and went in for surgery. They promised they was going to phone me straight after. They didn't. Um, my friend went and picked the kids up, and they was at her house. I remember I was ringing my dad. I was, was ringing you my mum. I was all on my own. Oh, I was trying to drive. I, my phone was blowing up. I didn't want to talk to anyone because I, I didn't know what to. I, I didn't know if I needed to tell people he was okay or what. I just I didn't know. And I remember it got to about one o'clock in the morning, and then I finally spoke to someone. And they told me that he was okay and the surgery was okay. I still <laughs> didn't know because because of the incident that had happened, there's a protection thing on there where the police put it on so you can't ring through to find out information mm. because of the severity of mm. what happened. Yeah. Which obviously you wouldn't even think of any of this. Um, the next morning, he didn't have any of his, he didn't have anything because they have to obviously leave it there. It's a crime scene. So we had a spare phone at home and I remember we had a SIM card because Leonard not long had a new phone. So there was just a pay-as-you-go SIM card. Mm. Put credit on it took it up to the hospital they had to come down and get all of his stuff and I had to write him a little note and on the note it said like this is a mobile phone this is my mobile number mm-hmm. this is a pin number like give me a call and then he phoned me and oh it's the worst phone call he was just broken he'd have been a broken man wouldn't he absolutely fucking broken and he was so gutted like I don't know if anyone's seen Kev but Kev's got a couple of scars on his face like I say he's gotten a few scrap should I say in his lifetime so he's got a few scars on his face from like back in the day and he was so upset that he had a new scar no it sounds so weird but they cut him from here right to the bottom of his tummy he was stabbed eight times and each knife was about like that big like he is so lucky to be alive he had three in the head he had in the back which went through to his spleen which they had to repair the spleen there was in the back of the yard like yeah it was horrendous like absolutely horrendous the worst thing how did you it was how did you cope do you know what i still don't know Mm. i've like i've only spoke to probably you and one other about Mm. this like i don't talk about it it's a part of my life that i just ignorance is bliss it's not ignorance is bliss actually that's wrong probably scares you to go back there yeah Yeah. like it's real i love him so much like he is my he's my world and to think that you won't have your partner. Oh, you're starting me. <laughs> Look, it's just... What? Oh, my God. We're starting oh. with you. Have a hundred oh. issues. Thank you. <laughs> what? Oh, babe. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. We're breathing. <laughs> I've got this. Oh, like, we are best friends. Like, and to think that you could lose that person, it you can't. I 
my heart goes out to anyone that's ever lost a partner, anyone that's lost someone that means that much to them. Like, Kev is my whole entire world. Like, obviously, my children, like, every, them four mm. are like, well, three, they're my world. That feeling is so fucking scary. Like, I'm a close. Like, then I've got to think of, like, my daughter, like, obviously, my son does, but, like, my daughter worships her dad. Like, she is the biggest daddy's girl. Like, he's the best dad in the world. And you just, then you think, like, oh, my God, they, they're, I'm then going to have to watch them go through something because you're laying there and you're thinking, he might not come home. And mm. even though I knew he was okay after the surgery, you don't know mm. if you're still okay. Mm. And then his mental health took a beating after. And there were so many times where I genuinely was so worried he'll take his life mm. because it messed him up so much. What sort of things was he going through? He was so scared. I remember one day, our house, so we just live like in a, like free, we just live in a free bed house. It's, no, mm-hmm. it's nothing massive. It's not big, but we've got like a storage thing that we have where we keep like all of his work bits or whatever else. There's not like a garage in our house. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day he needed to go to the storage to get something and he come over really weird. And he was like, Tosh, I'm going to shit myself. And I was like, that's anxiety, babe. Mm. He literally come flooding with this weird sensation mm-hmm. and his tummy was going. Yeah. And I was like, he's riddled with anxiety. Yeah. Physical. He was so scared. Physical symptoms. That yeah. is consuming his body. And I went, babe, get in the fucking car. I'm taking you home. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're going home. Don't you worry. Got in. I just held him. And I was like, you are so safe here. This is your home. Mm. Don't worry. And he went through so much therapy. So he's had loads and loads of therapy after. It took him ages to be able to go out. But then I'm nervous now. Like, we'll be out in certain situations and it gets really busy. And I'm like, "Mm, can we go now? And you know, like, if you can feel a vibe is off, Mm -hmm. I'm like, just go. Mm -hmm. I even remember there was one day I was working. And I remember someone booked in for a treatment and her partner come. They are my clients now and they're lovely. I yeah. won't say who, but, and I remember I got really anxious and I told Kev when I was doing treatment, I was like, oh my God, You'd what if there's paranoid. someone to do with something that's happened? And like, you you know, you just worry. You would have been major paranoid, wouldn't you? Oh my God. It was next level. We'll be laying in bed. And obviously after the um, surgery, Kev's healing. So he's going through a healing mm. process and we'd be laying in bed and then we'd hear a noise a normal noise that you'd hear in the house and then we'd literally be shitting ourselves mm. because you just go into a weird state. Of course you do. But it's a state that you can't... It's so weird to be scared. Yeah. Unless you've been scared. Yeah. Like it's weird. Yeah. Like it's horrible. But I am the mother. I am the partner. Like Kev has had the roughest ride in his life. That's why I'm so proud of him. Like all of that shit that's mm-hmm. happened to him good is his on his side like mm-hmm. he's got a really good life all good things have come to him mm-hmm. and he gets to live a good life which I'm grateful for now but like I've always been his shoulder to cry mm-hmm. on and I will always be so strong for him and for the kids and I feel like I hold that to like Kev he openly says it like I'm the backbone of mm-hmm. the body of the family and I'm okay with that because I'm strong and I can deal with mm-hmm. that and I'm very resilient with things have you ever had any therapy off the back of what's happened to help you? Um, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. But the last few years I've been struggling with feeling like 
ADHD and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which led me to have some CBT therapy, mm-hmm. which then delved into the situation with Kev, which we touched upon it. Because you're going to be dealing with a lot of PTSD, aren't you? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. But I kind of don't want to ever open that box because I feel mm-hmm. like where I'm strong and I can mm-hmm. deal with it, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I think if I got to a mm-hmm. point where I thought, okay, it's affecting me, I need help with this. I would be more than happy to reach out and do that. But I feel like now I'm like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Don't break. Yeah. Don't break if I don't need to, because I, mm-hmm. I'm not in a place where I want to break right now. I and that. I don't, I would worry that maybe opening that would open up too much. And I think the thing is in situations like that, when you open that door fully, mm. everything comes out. Yeah. And there's no control in that. And yeah. I guess maybe you will, maybe you won't. Mm. And only you know you yeah in that respect and I appreciate the fact that you've opened up about it today and I think it's it's important for you Mm. but maybe for him to hear you yeah but also for others that might have gone through something like this yeah people might listen and be able to relate to how you feel Mm. or the situation that you've been in how did the how old were the kids how did they cope this was four years ago Chanel was what would that be? 13? 13, mm-hmm. 14, yeah, 13. Lem would have been 11. Um, the kids found out through social media before okay. I got to tell them the truth, which was really hard for me because I didn't want them to know. Yeah. How did it get to social media? Because of where it was. Oh, uh, so of course. Because it all was on the... social media. Yeah. There was the, everything was posted on online. So the kids saw it before. I think they actually had something on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, they heard me talking and they thought that, so Kev loves motorbikes. He always has done. Mm-hmm. They thought he had had an accident on a motorbike, but not a really severe one. Right, they just okay. thought he'd hurt himself. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they thought this. Okay. And I wish they told me, cause I'd love to tell them like, please don't worry as well. Because again, yeah. that's something to worry. I of don't course. want my kids to ever worry. I want to always take that from them. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, when they found out, I think when they fully understood, they got to see him. Mm-hmm. Chanel obviously broke down. That's her dad. And Len was like. She was older, so she was mm, more in the understanding yeah. level, wasn't she? Chanel's a little sensitive soul. Like she, mm. You don't talk about bad things around her. She doesn't like it. It doesn't mm-hmm. sit well with her. We don't talk about death. You don't talk about whatever. But when they saw him and they knew he was okay and you give him a hug. Mm-hmm. like sometimes for a kid that's enough isn't it like to, mm-hmm. to know your parents okay and you've got that nice yeah. warm hug and I think that was yeah we don't really talk about it to be mm. fair I can imagine because it's kind of like it's a not a nice situation for mm. any of you there's only I think only so much as a family that you can discuss what was it's kind of done isn't it it's been yeah. and gone and you have to focus on moving forwards and mm. um, building what you're building is is important. And I think it's absolutely amazing the way you've held that family together. Thank you. What he's been through, what your kids have been through, mm. um, speaks volumes for the people that you are. Yeah. And, you know, what happened was horrible. But I know that he's more like au fait with talking about it. And, yeah, he is. You know, he's got his following on you know socials and um he could be helping others as well through his experiences how does he find that because obviously we were talking earlier and he gets a lot of like 
he's got his following on whatever platform he's on, but he gets a lot of stick with it as well, doesn't he? Yeah, there's, How's that? there's trolls, isn't yeah. there? So how does that affect him in terms of then affecting you? Because you're going to be protective, right? I'm so protective of yeah. Kev. I mm. always will be. Um, I Any troll or any negativity that mm-hmm. comes his way, I just say to him, Flip it, babe. Mm-hmm. Flip that motherfucker around. Whatever troll is coming after you, mm-hmm. use that for your next piece of content. Mm-hmm. So if they're coming at you with anything negative, mm-hmm. go back in with something. Keep growing. Mm-hmm. You're you're above that. You mm-hmm. don't need to bring yourself down to someone's negativity. Mm-hmm. And it always boils down to jealousy. Yeah. It's not good people. You don't need that. And also, I feel like when negative things happen... All you see is that one thing. Tunnel vision, isn't it? He's got like nearly two million. Well, I think he's got over two million followers. Wow. And then, you, and then you think like, babe, you're looking at one person. What about one percent? Like, the other. <laughs> what about the other people? Like, babe, they are. They're rooting for you. But I think, for me, it's frustrating mm-hmm. when I see it because, obviously, I'm so protective of him anyway. Mm-hmm. But I just find it embarrassing though if mm-hmm. you go at your if you go at a troll don't give him the time of day mm-hmm. don't call him out like don't give him that space because he's done that before mm-hmm. and then there his followers will go in on his troll or whatever mm-hmm. it might be and then they get boosted all the way up because they're getting all of this recognition and i'm like oh my god you're giving him too much airtime. like mm-hmm. don't do it and i think if you consume yourself that mm-hmm. negativity you're going to be negative. Mm. And my God, there's a lot that goes on with Kev that people don't see. Mm. There's times where the negative things happen and he's up till four o'clock in the morning because he can't sleep. And then I'm like, for fuck's sake, just go to fucking sleep Mm. or just delete the comment. I always say that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. delete the comment. If Mm -hmm. you don't like it, you have the power to delete it. Mm. You're choosing to keep that on your platform. Mm. Like that's your choice right now. And, but it's hard because then it consumes everything. But it's easy for me to say that because I'm mm-hmm. not in his situation. So I can't, I can give his advice. But would mm-hmm. I take the same? I don't mm-hmm. know. It would probably consume me as well because it's not nice to have that, mm-hmm. is it? It's difficult. It's difficult because it's kind of like you're on this platform and you've got these people gunning at you, like literally yes. coming at you. Like it is horrible. It is horrible. And um, But what you're doing is giving him the right advice. Mm. and. You know, God knows all of us need to sometimes take that sort of ad- advice. Oh, babe, I can give advice, but I don't take it that well. <laughs> I can give it all out, but you know, when it's yourself, you can't take it yourself, no. can you? It's so weird. You can sometimes, mm-hmm. but can you imagine having that many followers though and trolls? I don't know how people do it. I mean, I've got friends that are in the public eye and some of the stuff that I see, read and hear, and naturally for me as a friend... I then go in and protect. Yes, you can't you help get so it. Angry, yeah, don't you get you? so angry. It's, I think it's di- when it's a fr- it's different when it comes to friends. It's like a different situation than when you've seen your friend, your mate, whatever, upset. It's yeah. horrendous. And some of the things that people say, like, "What the hell? Kill yourself. You're I... hor- you're horrible. Kill yourself. Won't you just do everyone. What? I cannot believe that people do that. No, I cannot believe that people actually write them mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. like. What consumes you to do that? Yeah, it sits in their soul. It's it's something that they deep rootedly dis- dislike about themselves. So mm. by putting other people down, it makes them feel better. But it really does it? No, I just does no. it. If only everyone could just be a bit more kinder in the world. Yeah, 
it would be just so much easier. Yeah. But I think we're we're stuck in a society where people are being pushed against each other. Yeah, I don't like it. No, not Kev me. had a guy, and I don't even care because he's an arsehole. Kev had a guy comment on his some on one of his posts one day, and then he took to his stories writing stuff, but he was tagging Kevin these things, um, and Kev's followers ended up messaging this guy, um. And then he actually ended up sending an email a couple of days later, um, apologizing for being an arsehole. And I've replied because I do a lot of Kev's business mm -hmm. emails and stuff. And I replied and I was like, um, from me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just to let you know, I was like um, saying everything Kev had gone through health-wise recently. I was like, and he's literally on the break of like mm -hmm. doing something really bad. You could have been the reason behind yeah. him wanting to top himself that day. I've you never know at what point someone is at point. that breaking point because Kev felt worthless. Then to have someone tell you you're worthless when you feel so fucking low and mm. you're in a really depressed state. And I just thought you absolute fucking bastard. What did that person respond to you with when you said that? He emailed so apologetic. Good. So apologetic. Good. And then two weeks late, he'll know who I am if he ever listens, if Kev's tagged in this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then emailed about two weeks later, again, apologizing, mm -hmm. but then saying about how he's been struggling with stuff. And I thought, you absolute arsehole. The thing is, the problem in this world is people take things out on other people, but mm -hmm. just because they've been through something. But yeah. you know what? The, let's smell, wake up and smell the coffee. We've yeah. all been through stuff. It doesn't give anyone the right to take it out on other, another person no way someone you don't even know mm -hmm. like i think this is a thing with mm -hmm. social media like i'm a person and you're a person yeah. and yeah. we get to hear about you you get to hear about me yeah. but normally i'm just tingles aesthetics yeah. like i'm that girl behind that page that people just think of it as a business yeah but you think like we're people yeah like yeah, there's, we there's people behind there yeah like we go out to work the same mm -hmm. as everyone else does. We've got bills to pay. We've got children to look after. Mm -hmm. We've got a life to live. We've got struggles. We've got good and the bad, mm -hmm. right? And you think how people can go out there and do that all the time, it's just beyond me. Mm. And just trolling and trolling and forgetting it's a human that's receiving that hate. Mm. It's not nice. It's not. And it's. I think it's, it's an important subject to bring up. And I think if there's anyone that's listening that has done that to someone, um, look inside yourself mm. like the answers are always in us in the end 100 and taking it out on another person you just don't know what is what that person's going through i mean i had a similar situation where an article uh the B a bbc article went out so the bbc followed me in lockdown yeah um with um about the rising of costs and electricity oh, yeah. and stuff like that and um I'd um, had an article that was shared locally by the BBC. Now, I didn't know what was going on until I think it was Russ that saw it or a client or someone. Loads of these men, like, haven't, like, tearing into my appearance. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'd not long had lip filler, so I was pretty aware that the photo I chose was probably going to get stick because I know how small-minded people worked. And uh, I did something very similar to what you did. And... Um, he, he, they were literally just honestly some nasty 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 oh. comments and I said to this person called Dave hi Dave if you're listening Dave, this is you about can't. you <laughs> she just seemed <laughs> on Dave he deserved it um so I said to him hi Dave thank you so much for your input to my appearance um I just wanted to uh 
like understand why you think that your opinions will hold any value to me. I said, and second to that, I noticed you have a daughter and a granddaughter. I said, imagine if someone came along and said those horrible things to them. And as a result of what you said or they said, mm-hmm. they decided to kill themselves. How mm-hmm. would you feel? Mm-hmm. What you said to me? Go on. Grow up. Stop it. Grow up. Dave, I'm going to repeat again. You're a cunt. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That is horrendous. Yeah. This is what I mean. It's just like, are you okay? Are you okay, That's mate? so bad. With his Disney collection in the background of his photos, like, sit down, sharp. Oh, so, my God. I completely get it, but that's, that's the so point. Horrible, yeah, but that's horrible, How did that feel? Uh, do you know, for me, I was, I got to a point in my life where I just, I understood that it sits with him. That's why I wasn't bothered. By the time I got to it, my clients had dealt with him. Imagine if you didn't feel yeah, that's like my that. Point. That's, that's my so point. That's my point. That was why I was setting that example, and I said to to this man I said you know it, there could be someone that isn't as tough as I am yeah. at this point in my life that could have been that moment they would have decided to take their own life you know people need to take responsibility for that sort of behavior that is just diabolical yeah. isn't it's, it it's 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 absolutely terrible so you know but it, there's so many people out there like that yeah. unfortunately honestly I swear they do it as a job yeah they do it's so bizarre. It becomes their identity. I mean, I then had all these men going on, women should be natural. I'm sorry, but oh, let's God let's sake. have a look at your um, uh, in- internet history, Hans. Yeah. <laughs> let's have a look at your Friday night. Yeah, in it, see what yeah. you've been uh, sandpapering to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. There, there was um, one, some of them, uh, I called them out. I said, you seem to think you know what women want. But you're absolutely mistaken. Women don't do the things because of a, for, because of men. They do it because of other women. It's I so said, true. Yeah, isn't it? And I said, why don't you come and spend a shift with me in my salon, sit there for nine hours and tell me you think you know what women want and what they do. But I guarantee you, you won't have the balls to come into my shop and say this to my face. Love and that. And they didn't. It's so true. Mm. It's so true. And we do all do it for us. Yes. And for other women. When yes. we go out... I'm not looking at them guys. No. I'm looking at that girl's outfit. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, she looks so good. Like, yeah. we're not looking at that, no. are you? You're doing no. it to look and feel good around the other women. Exactly that. And there's so many hot girls out there. They're so there. good. Tell you what, half of them are not natural. No, they're it's not. subtle natural enhancements. Yes. Like, you don't, yeah. I think some people, it's all that twisted mm. mindset, isn't it? I'm yeah. so over for this. It's limited belief. 100%. It's people that kind of don't leave their area yeah, and they're just sat there. like Without a life. They're people that don't live a life mm. and that's the thing. It's like mm. go and deal with your own life. Mm-hmm. Don't go after others. If no. that makes them happy, it doesn't matter. Why do they matter. care? Like it why do they does care? does not matter. Yeah, honestly, it is. And, you know, I think people that have like laid into Kev, it is, it comes down to that. Mm. Like they've got so much time on their hands. They're not busy people. Yeah. They're there because they've got nothing else to mm-hmm. do because they don't have it in them to pursue and do things. Yeah, for sure. And it's Absolutely. everybody else's fault. So what is the future for you? Where do you want to head? What do you what do you want? What's there to, for you to achieve? What do you want to achieve? What are the life mm. goals? So for me, I think now I've got the salon. Uh I've got a new girl starting soon. She's going to be my first full-time employee, which I'm looking forward to. She's going to do beauty. Oh, fantastic. 
Um, I want to grow the business. Okay. My focus this year is all about the business, growing a business, getting the beauty side nice and booked up, um, growing the academy, and then my next stage to get another salon. Fantastic. I want to, be, I want to have multiple salons. Nice. Um, and then future-wise, that, that's as far as I can see it right mm-hmm. now. So you're, I don't know if this is official, but um, you're in the process of doing something upstairs. Am I allowed to talk about Ooh, that? Oh, yes, okay. we are. Yes. So um, we have another podcast, a couple. We tell, do. Tell us about the name. What's the name of the podcast? So it's called Paint Warrior and Wife. I like that. Yep. So we set this up months and months ago. Uh-huh. We didn't get to go live with it because Kev had health issues. Of course, yes, he wasn't yeah. very well again, wasn't was he? wasn't very well, bless him. Um, so it got put on the back burner for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, then with the salon. Um, but yeah, we have our own podcast mm-hmm. coming. Wow. And the thing with this podcast is that we want to be able to have people like Kev, people like us, mm-hmm. talk about normal life, mm-hmm. be the person behind the podcast mm-hmm. Be the person that can maybe, I don't want to say justify because we shouldn't have to justify ourselves to people, but be able to talk about things that maybe you don't put on your business page. Mm -hmm. So Kev doesn't like to weirdly sell his own products too much on his own business page, Mm -hmm. which I find weird. (laughs) He doesn't like to overdo things too much on there and he doesn't like to share too much of his personal life. Mm -hmm. He shares, he does share bits, Mm -hmm. but not as much as he would like to. It's a place where we can use a platform to raise awareness regarding knife crime, mm-hmm. regarding trolling, mm-hmm. regarding anything that goes on inside the normal day-to-day mm-hmm. life of people. It's a place where he can use his platform to talk about normal things and normal people where we have other couples on. So we're going to have couples on. Mm-hmm. That's good. And we can all talk about, it could be like you and Russ come mm-hmm. on and we talk about what it's like being with decorators <laughs> How is it being a tradie wife? Because we've all got our opinion yes, on it. Correct. Is I don't know if Russ is in the group chats that Kev's on, but I'm not sure. Oh, I know he's in about a million of them. They drive me wild. <laughs> Any of the women that will come on it that are in the group chat will totally get what I'm saying. And it's a nightmare. My life and my relationship is Kev and this group chat. <laughs> and it is driving me crazy, but it's a good place where we can all come on mm-hmm. and we can talk about things. Mm-hmm. As your following grows on social media, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, negative things can happen, but we also don't want to base it on the negative because there's a lot of good that we can yeah. do. Like your husband's um, podcast, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. We need to raise more awareness around that. What are you trying to do it for? And it's a place where we can all talk about mm-hmm. normal day-to-day life, what goes on in the world, how is it being a mum, mm-hmm. how is it being a partner, what's it like being a business mm-hmm. person, but also being us. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where we can all... Be open and honest. So it's paint where I'm right and wife raw and unfiltered because it is raw, it's unfiltered. If you can get offended, you're probably best <laughs> not to listen to it. But it's who we are and it's a place where we can be real away from our business so yeah. we can keep the professionalism on the business but have a place where we can be us as well. Yeah, Because people want to know who you are but not everyone wants to know enough about mm-hmm. who you are and that's okay because I am a business still. Mm-hmm. But behind that, I'm still me. So it's a a place where we can use our platform to get that across as well and hopefully spread awareness for the right areas. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I think what, what, what you've got there is fantastic. I think it's really important because you don't get many people like that in Mm. terms of like partner duos that are doing this type of thing, particularly in 
you know, our worlds. I know, right? You know, you might get like, you know, a footballer and his wife. Yeah. That sort of thing. But like, you don't get that into your day to day. And being so real and unfiltered, I think is really important. And I'm really excited to actually see that. Good, you'll have to come on Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, we're really excited for it. So it's coming in the next couple of weeks. Ah. And we're going to be doing like guest speakers every single week. So it'll be really good. We're really looking forward to it. It'll be nice. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You're going to have to uh, get to the tech know-how you'll be mm. ripping your who's who's the more you're tech? gonna be on me not you're... Kev. <laughs> no not Kev I don't know how he's done so well on social media because Kev isn't a tech guy at all <laughs> like have you seen this engraving stuff he's doing with his no. business oh my god he's like Tash we need to do some engraving I'm like for god's sake it's 10 o'clock at night engraving like he's got this machine where it's a laser machine. You can basically engrave on any material. Oh, so literally, have you seen it? right now I'm with you. Yeah, sorry, I should have explained. And he's done personalised brushes with oh, his brushes yes, he okay. does. Yeah, 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 that makes have sense. Have you seen them? Um, yeah, I remember Russ, Russ yeah. showing me something. But makes he sense doesn't now. know how to do the tech side. So anything he does, I do everything behind the <laughs> scenes. He's very good on social media uh-huh. and content creation. But yeah, no, I'm the tech one. Oh my so, goodness! Yeah, it will all be down. So to you're me. gonna be covered in wires. Oh yeah, like I was. Yeah, I you... literally wanted to pluck every part of my hair out of my head. Oh god! Literally, nothing was working. So I had the mics that you see that glittery one down there. So oh, they yeah. were they're, they're Yeti mics. So they're good if you're just one on one with yourself. Yeah. As soon as you start doing it remote or doing it, it, it don't work. It don't work. And I was like, well, I'm plugging it into the, the Scarlet. And then I had to get an extension um, cable for that to go into the computer. And then from there into the headphones. And I was like, I can't oh cope. My God. I can't cope with this. And it's so time consuming, mm. isn't it, to understand I have to lost do? hours. Oh, I bet. So although Russ has lost hours in here, he would not let me paint anything. I think I did a bit of sanding. <laughs> that was it. But literally the hours I've lost to tech, having to find the software the the scarlet i'm like okay it's red i like the box but like that mixer how what do you wear what what do like, all what the mixer buttons do i need what yeah. do i do it with yeah, yeah that's it to be fairness to him he found that because what i was looking at was all ridiculously expensive stuff yeah and Ross, you don't need to do that either do no, you you really no. don't need to the only thing that was expensive that we invested in was these yeah just because i soon quickly learned that actually there's some real shit mics out there yeah 100 percent. so your podcast it's going to start. So have you got your first guest booked in yet? No, we're no. doing us as a, well, I say. We're going to do an intro. Yeah, so right. we're going to do us as the first one, but we've got mm-hmm. Kev's friend, I suppose I can say it, Danny Madden from Madden Builders. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get him and his partner on there. So oh. they'll probably be our first ones. Yeah. They're lovely. And Danny's fantastic. He's such a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's what you want. You want a character. Yeah. yeah, and he's really great to talk to. So he's going to be a really good guest. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it'll be really good. We're looking forward Exciting. to it. Exciting. So they've got their podcast. Is the, is the Instagram handle live? Yeah, that's yeah? all open. Okay. Just remind them again what that is so they can give you a follow. So Paint Warrior and Wife. Okay, perfect. So we've got the podcast. Anything else that you mm. feel that you'd like to dip your toes in? Not at the moment, no. I think with the salon... Kev's business expanding, mm. then the podcast. I feel very content with that. Mm. Very content. And that's important. I think sometimes people are hunting that restless. Yeah. And they're hunting something else. I can be like that. 
I can literally be like, right, I've planned the wedding. Now what I need to do this. And then I need to, I'm jumping in and out of various different things. So it's nice to, and refreshing to see that actually it can be okay to be okay, to be mm. content. Wait till I've done my first podcast and then I'll be like, right, I'm on to the next thing. It's because I've not ticked that off yet. So it will change. What about you? Have you got, are you going to share anything exciting? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm moving as, as we know. So that's going to be uh, exciting, scary, nerve wracking all of the above. Um, I'm that person that jumps very quickly. I'm impulsive. I like that. So I may have been thinking something for some time, Mm -hmm. but I don't actually say it. And then boom, it's like a surprise. Even to me, it's a surprise sometimes. I've fucking done it. I've done it. It's happening. (laughs) Am I fucking nuts? Yeah. It's good though. I like it. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be... a new start, a fresh start in the city. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. But other than that, like, see with me, is Russ always says this to me. He's like, because he's a planner, yeah. he's like, is there, like, what are your five-year goals? I don't fucking know. Yeah, just I'll co- go with it, babe. Yeah, yeah just whatever, whatever pops into my head at the time. Yeah. And it's an idea. And I'm like, boom, run. Let's and do that it. vibe, when yeah. you get that feel yeah. and you're like... It's calling me. Yeah. I need to do it. Yeah. It was like this, the like the podcasting thing. It was kind of like I'd been on a few po- podcasts myself and I was just like, hmm, this is kind of fun. I quite like this. Um, and then like I'm viewing this place and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And then I ring him and I said, I kind of did a thing. And he was like, what have you done? <laughs> well, just kind of. So did you two not come to see yeah. this together? No. Oh, my God. So you saw it and yeah. he was like, we're going for it, babe. Yeah. No, I literally told him I was signing the paperwork. Oh, okay. About two days I had it wrapped up in. He wears the trousers in the relationship. (laughs) He likes to think he does, but I'm the decision maker. (laughs) You know, like when you get those cold calls and they were like um, trying to sell you something and like it was like, we need to speak to the decision maker. That honey, I am the decision decision maker. maker. (laughs) Or sometimes, I don't know about you, but like I play on it when someone knocks the door. And they're trying to sell you some shit. Oh. They're trying to sell you broadband or fucking electricity or whatever. And I'm like, nah, sorry, my mum ain't in. I turn into a teenager. I've like various different characters. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, no, mad. So if you was to go back in the past mm-hmm. to little you, yeah, what would you change and what advice would you give now you? Um, what would I change? I wish I had my business head on earlier. No, I don't. That's wrong. Cause I did have it on, but I wish, no, I wish I actioned things quicker. I wish the activation happened. Yeah. I get that. Rather than me like wanting to do stuff and being mm-hmm. like, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. I wish I was like, go and get it. Mm-hmm. I wish I believed in myself more. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I wish I saw myself as a strong person that I am now mm-hmm. that I can see I wish I could have seen that in myself when I was younger rather than like doubting myself because maybe I would be further ahead why did you out of interest doubt yourself what what I was no I think I always just did mm. but you know like when people compliment you and uh-huh. they tell you nice things and mm-hmm. you never see it in yourself do mm-hmm. you no, it's always the way. We, we're our own worst enemy, aren't mm-hmm. we, in that way? Because you never want to sit there and be like, mm-hmm. go on, Sash, mm-hmm. you're doing good. Yeah. I think when we get to a certain age, we're kind of like, no, I'm comfortable with who yeah. I am. I'm proud of who I am. Well, I think you can look at it from um, a third perspective. It's like you're taking yourself out of the situation mm. 
and then you've kind of saw you're looking in and you're like actually I've done all this yeah I'm all right yeah and that that's important is self-validation 100% I think a lot of the time in life people are looking for validation from others when actually mm. we need to look at validating ourselves 100 by ourselves yeah I would yeah you're so right with that mm. I think when you start to invest in yourself it makes such a difference mm. who you are as a person because you can give so much more to others mm. rather than just yeah no I agree with that you're mm. right with that yeah it's important so my last guest that was on mm -hmm. um ask the next guest a question okay so the question that the last guest has left for you is are you happy and what is happiness okay I'm very happy happiness to me is contentment and I feel like I'm finally at a point in my life where I'm content and I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. No, gratitude is my happiness. Mm -hmm. Waking up and feeling gratitude mm -hmm. to even the most smallest things brings me so much happiness. Going on that, mm -hmm. this month I'm in my friend's book club. So she's oh. called The Motivation Mum. She's really cool. Definitely give her a follow. Mm -hmm. So she does like coaching and everything else. Oh, nice. Else. And from the 1st of January, we've been doing the book, The Magic. Have okay. you done that? No, what's that? Tell me about so, that. It's so good. So have you read The Secret? Yes. Okay. So it's the same author. I'm sure it's the same author. Oh. Um, Rhonda. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, I hope I'm saying that all right. If I'm not, don't at me on that. Um, so The Magic is incredible. Okay. So basically, every single day for 28 days, you have to learn gratitude. So wow. you basically read one chapter every single day. So you've got day one, day two, day three, and it teaches you a different mm -hmm. lesson every single day. And when I say it teaches you gratitude, it could even be, say, called on that. Fucker. Whoever you are, you're fuck, a fucker. Fucking fucker. You. <laughs> I love that. Don't edit that. I will not edit that. It's staying as authentic as it started. <laughs> Right. Um, gratitude. Gratitude. Right. Oh, my God. That's my so happiness. Every, so every day. Okay. Every day there's a difference. You have to write 10 reasons, 10 things that you're grateful for, but why? Oh. So every single day you have a different practice, but we always still do that every day. And we have a magic rock that we hold at night and you hold it and you tell yourself something you're really, really happy for, for that day that happened that was really good. Yeah. But you could then learn to be grateful for. It could be something so silly as... Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for this water, like someone works to bring this water that I can drink every day mm -hmm. that keeps me going when I'm dehydrated. It could be that you're grateful for like one of the um, practices you do, you have to write on a note or write on a post-it and stick it on a note. Thank you for every single penny that I've received through my life. Mm. And it could be that it it teaches you to go back in time. So mm -hmm. when you're at school, you had, you never went, well, I shouldn't say that again, because obviously some people unfortunately mm -hmm. do go hungry. Mm -hmm. I get that. But if you didn't, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I had a packed lunch every single day. I'm so grateful that I had a school dinner. And it's understanding mm -hmm. when you were younger and to now 
there were all things that we had in life that people mm-hmm. paid their money for that we need to be grateful for. So it teaches you to be grateful from before, but it teaches you how to attract the good. Mm-hmm. And since doing that, my gratitude level is so high. Wow. And it really does teach you a different outlook on the way that things are. And if you start to feel a negative thought, that's okay. Push that out. Mm-hmm. Push it out and think of something mm-hmm. good. So the minute you start thinking something, flip that around. So it's all about mindset, mm-hmm. but I highly recommend it. I'm going to look that up because I love do. all that sort of thing. It's really good. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, but committing yourself every single day to reading that, yeah. practicing it, writing your thing down, just make time. I guess that's a good way of like training the mind and the, because in life we're kind of programmed in a set way. Yeah. And sometimes we need to reprogram and do different things to get change. 100%. So it's it's interesting and it's good that you're kind of thinking outside of the box mm. and doing these different things because that can only evolve you as a person. 100% and I'm so for that. Mm. I love doing anything that can better me as a person, mm-hmm. whether it's going to these business coaching things or going away on these networking things. Mm. I, I want to learn from other people. Mm. I like to understand how other people think and mm. I like to... I just like to learn. I like to learn. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power, right? Yeah. Every day is a school day. 100 it is. It's like, you know, you never stop learning. You're always, always there. So, Natasha, your turn. If you could ask the next person a question, what would you ask them? Ask them a question and give them an action, actually. Okay, that's really difficult. Okay, if you could implement one change into your day-to-day life that you stuck to for the rest of your life, what would that be and why? And the action for that is that we want to see you do that for 30 days and give us your reason. No, I want you to do that for 30 days and tell us what you've benefited from that. And if that's now a new habit that you're going to stick to. I like that. I probably couldn't repeat that back again. But no, yeah, but we'll we've go got it. Re- I <laughs> it will be recorded. So I'll just play it back. I'm there like, we this go. is what she wants you to do. Yep. This is why. And this is your action. <laughs> so implement that into okay. your day-to-day life for 30 days and see if that's a new habit. Mm-hmm. And why do you want that? I love that. Structure into your life. Yeah. I love that because that will make someone think outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. And it's and all about that. yeah, it's all about going outside of your mm. comfort. You got to feel the fear, but do it anyway. Hundred percent. Good. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for so being raw. Yep. Honest, and yourself. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's that's important. And guys, if you want to look Natasha up, uh, you'll find her at Tingles Aesthetics, and your handle again is just for the record. It's Tingles underscore Aesthetics perfection and she's based in Milton Keynes Uh, so we're coming to the end of uh, episode eight please remember to like and subscribe because without you guys doing that we don't get anywhere so help a girl out (laughs) Uh, but yeah love it over and out bye bye